So I found the worst restaurant in America over Ooh, the fall break. Was it Five Guy? No, they're fine. Very over. I mean, you're not wrong, but it was the Rainforest Cafe. I, Have you ever heard of this place? Enjoy Rainforest Cafes, I thought. Well, they are wrong. Hmm. It's an abysmal experience. I mean, the environment is cool. I guess I don't know if you if you've ever if you've never seen a Rainforest Cafe. I mean, it's um, you can picture just about any sort of um, you know mid tier fast casual sort of restaurant. And then you just cover it with vines and animatronic animals. And then like barely adequately reheated food. Why is and the food so bad? I don't know. It's just really not good. Okay. It's just, yeah. I, we, we took our boys there because we were in down in Texas. And we were like, this will be fun. We remember as kids going to this place and it being kind of cool. And then we get there and it's just completely dead. Like they're open, but in the it's a big restaurant. Like you could probably seat two hundred people easy, and there's maybe fifteen to twenty people inside, um, and just like yeah, completely dead, super slow, and just like not very good. It's a bit of a bummer. We're starting this one out strong. I, I I've never been. Um, I would assume they have good drinks there. I don't know. We didn't we didn't get any because they were kind of expensive. Well. Yeah. That but sense. that's the nature of drinks. They're expensive. And we've been at the Great Wolf Lodge. And so we were trying, we were just like everything. Everyone's trying to take my money all the time. Mm, I've heard the Great Wolf Lodge is expensive. It was fun. Big indoor water park. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, oh, you want to do this? Better pay up. Oh, you want to do that? Better pay up. You want some Dippin' Dots? Better be prepared to pay nine bucks. And no one wants Dippin' Dots. Except unless you're my kids. And they only really want, want them because dots. they think they should want. It's the ice cream of the future, man. It was the ice, ice cream, cream of the future in 1995. Then it should all be Dippin' Dots by now. It's not, though. I it think Dippin' Dots are fun. Dippin' Dots are good. They all have that, like, freeze-dried taste. Nah, I kind of like them. Let us know if you like Dippin' Dots or not. Um, I'm a fan. What, They're just so expensive. What Cameron just asked is, let us know if you've grown up yet. <laughs> Rude. I will not stand for this dip and dot slander. Slander. That's all it is. Brought to you by Collage, unless someone real decides to sponsor us. Someplace real? Anyway, this is Boy Meets World Fever. I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. So right before we started, I said there's only one place we could be brought to you by, thinking Clavage, and Chance said he could think of three. Mm-hmm. What are the other two? Twin Peaks and Hooters. Oh, okay. That's fair. Just all the establishments. <laughs> but we'll go with the uh, we'll go with the fake one. The fake one. <laughs> With the name that, while being really sort of tasteless, is oddly the least tasteless of the three that you mentioned. No, Twin Peaks. No, I'm saying it's the least, 
Like Twin Peaks and Hooters are both terrible names. No, Twin Peaks is the best name because it makes me think of the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which has nothing to do with breasts. Not, I mean, maybe it does. I've never seen it. It doesn't. What's the guy's name? Agent whatever. What? A- There's an agent someone. Oh, agent. I thought you said ancient. That ancient guy. <laughs> I don't remember names, but I don't. I, it's I've never watched it, but it's probably about boobs too. It's not. You don't know. Maybe the reboot. Did you ever watch the reboot? I didn't. I need to watch. I needed to watch the original again, and I ne- I didn't. But... All right. I guess it's not a reboot. It's just a continuation. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that's what it's all about. I for a very long time. Every time I saw a restaurant Twin Peaks, thought to myself, that's a strange thing to base a restaurant on. <laughs> that's true. And even now, I think of the show first. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I think of, too. Just like a... I'm trying to... Who is the... David Lynch. Yeah, it's just like this um, ever-maddening experience. Like David Lynch of just like becoming more and more unhinged as you're inside the restaurant. Um. Yeah, I'd eat there. Yeah, I. I mean, I would too. You, I probably would die. But uh huh. I mean, I feel like that's how it goes. But I mean, yeah. What's funny though is I believe is Kyle McLaughlin. Is that who I'm thinking of? As uh, he was the um Dale Cooper in that show. Was he also? I think he was also the weatherman in Boy Meets World. Is that right? I'm just looking it up. Maybe. This is this is literally nothing, um, but just as a heads up, this is kind of how I feel about the episode. It's literally nothing. I I think there's some stuff. We may be playing flipped roles this week. No, that's not who. That's not who it is. Who who played the weatherman? Um, man, now I'm just really. What's the weatherman's name? Cal Weathers. Cal Cal. Is it Weathers? I thought it was Cal Gilbright. Gilbright. That's right. Cal Kilbright. Kill, Ah, uh, this is nothing. It's Storm nothing. Me, weather. Apparently, these are two actors that I've always confused with one another. This is riveting stuff. Riveting. This is Cameron Google something he doesn't need to Google. I know, but now it's gonna bother me. Boy meets world. This is this is the worst. I hate my brain. Season three. Yes, you will do that. And I will do this. Do, do, do. It is called Stormy Weather. I don't know why that wasn't pulling anything up. Because I was looking. One of our least favorite episodes. John O'Hurley is who I was thinking of. John O'Hurley. Mm-hmm. Naturally. Mysteries. Naturally. He looks a lot like who Agent Dale Cooper, though. In my mind, those two are the same people. But they're not. I don't really associate them in my brain, but... I don't know why I do. It's because you've never seen Twin Peaks. Apparently. Thinking John O'Hurley was in Twin Peaks instead of Kyle McLaughlin or whatever. I don't know. What a fool. You know this. You know, I've just aired, just strung up all of my dirty laundry on the podcast today. I went to trivia night at a bar on Thursday. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was guest the actor, and I didn't know who Tom Hanks was. Oh, no. To be fair... It was a very current picture of Tom Hanks, and that's just not how I think about it. Mm-hmm. You're you when you think Tom Hanks, you think Woody from Toy Story. Yes, yes. If it had been, <laughs> he's on aging. If it had been Woody from Toy Story, I would have got. <laughs> he said, "That's Tom Hanks. That's Tom freaking Hanks." 
He just he was very Oh wait, is that the, the mysterious train conductor from Polar Express? You mean Tom Hanks? Cameron, if you think I've seen Polar Express, you've forgotten who you're talking to a lot. I know exactly who I'm talking to. <laughs> I've never seen this movie. If Nor I should you. Have it my way. I will never see this movie. It is the epitome of Uncanny Valley. I believe that. We're just, something's just a little bit off. Um, we could do a watch real quick, because I have okay. re- recently seen the popular movie everyone's talking about. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I watched Hocus Pocus 2. Oh, I never did. I mean, it's Hocus not been out that long. To focus. And how was it? Uh, well, okay. Little background. I don't care for the first. I just don't. I don't. Yeah, care. I mean, I think it's fine. I think if you saw it as a kid and it's part of your like nostalgic identity, you love it. Mm-hmm. If, if you didn't, it's just not that great. Yeah. Um. So I don't care for the first one. I liked the second. Really? I liked it. I um, didn't love it, but it was kind of this 90s camp I'm sort of nostalgic for. Mm-hmm. 90s um, camp. There were some jokes that were lost on me because I only saw the first one once back when we were in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were some jokes that were lost on me for sure. But mostly, like, the general plot structure, I enjoyed it. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Were there um, a lot of weird virgin jokes in there? You know, not as many as you would think. Well, that's good. Because I think there were a few too many in uh, the first one. I've only seen the first one one time. Maybe I would enjoy it more now that I'm older. But I just did not care for it. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't get the hype. (laughs) Just Um, doesn't doesn't do it for me. So yeah. Uh, Hocus Pocus 2. Pretty good. You know, I'm not going to go watch it again. Too Hocus Too Furious. Now, if you ask me if I wanted to watch The Woman King again, I would say yes 100 times. I I mean, yes, I've heard you say that movie's very good. I have not been to the movies in a very long time. You haven't. Other than the kids' $2 movies this summer, which was like the Lego movie mm-hmm. and Despicable Me. Did we talk about my Woman King experience on this podcast? I don't think so. Oh, 4DX, man. 4DX. My first ever 40X experience. Mm-hmm. Have you seen one? I've only done like the ones that like theme parks, like Universal Studios or whatever. So my wife and I were like, this is the only time we can really see this movie this weekend, and it's in 40X. Neither of us have ever done a 40X movie. And we're like, they like pipe smells into the place, right? And they like spray you if there's water on screen. Like, okay, we can we can watch it. Sure, why not? I was so very wrong. I was so very wrong, Cameron. In a good way? No. (laughs) Walking out of the theater, I said to my wife, I am incredibly glad I've experienced this one and only exactly one time. (laughs) Um, It was so, like, so normally, we were just watching normal movies until the last two trailers Mm -hmm. like 40x experience trailers and the first one was wakanda forever yeah and there's lots of like your glasses your glasses just made you tear up no the 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 chairs move cameron they like Mm -hmm. lift up and like they whipped us to the side and then like sent us on a soaring journey but it wasn't a soaring journey they were just shaking us And my wife and I were like, we're not expecting to be moving with the screen. And we were laughing and laughing and laughing. Was everyone and then, else laughing? 
Well, there was only two other couples, and one of the other couples was laughing. In fact, one of the women got up and left for a second to compose herself. <laughs> um, oh, dear. It did not escape us that we were in a woman, or not in a woman, in the woman king, a majority African-American cast, and the only people in the theater were two, uh, two other black couples. <laughs> it is Oklahoma. And me and my wife are very white. That mm-hmm. That's all. That six people were the only people in that theater. It's because it was the 4DX and no one wanted to do that. But the, so it is a movie where a lot of people die and there's lots of battle scenes. Um, it kind of harkens back to Braveheart, but like Braveheart with a social conscience that actually wanted to tell a good story, maybe. Hey. Um so there's a lot of battle scenes. And every time like a sword whizzed by, an air cannon behind my head would like Oh dear. It would like make this sound. And every time someone got stabbed, my chair would punch me in the back. Oh no. I, I don't like, like that. I was like, every time someone gets stabbed in this movie, the chair thinks I need to be stabbed. Oh, What's why happening? am I being stabbed? Why can't I be the stabber? Why can't I just associate with the one character, like well, the and, main character? And many times they were being stabbed in the front. I don't know why I kept getting punched in the back. Well, I guess it's the nature of a chair. I mean, that's true. <laughs> okay, you have to put on this full bodysuit, like G Gundam. <laughs> yep. And then that's going to... Or it's like I'm reading the book The Iron Prince right now. And you just have your CAD on and it yeah. just, you know, fatal damage accrued. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah. And But why do I need to experience these people getting stabbed at all? Like, it's not... It, all it did was pull me out of the experience. Yeah, that's not really the immersive experience that I want. And my wife and I totally forgot about the water thing. Totally. Because there was no water. None. And then we get to a scene where um, some people are tied up like slaves and they're getting water thrown on them to wake them up. And suddenly... We just get sprayed in the face by water. We're like, what's happening? Okay. We need right now to make an oath. Listeners, by listening, you are part of this oath. No one, no one is allowed to tell Christopher Nolan about this. (laughs) You'll make a five hour long movie just completely utilizing all of these things. And it will be the absolute worst take on Fern Gully you have ever experienced. Wait, you said Christopher Nolan. Do you mean James, uh, James Cameron? I mean James Cameron. Let's give it to Christopher Nolan. James Cameron. See, I don't know any of my people today. <laughs> Nobody tell James Cameron about this. No one. Okay. He'll make, he's like, Avatar 3 is only 4DX. <laughs> and there's going to be bubbles. There's going to be water. There's going to be the weirdest smells you've ever smelled. You're going to go upside down. And you're going to get stabbed a million times. <laughs> you're going to get stabbed a million times. Yeah. I don't know what was more unpleasant, the air cannon every time someone swung a sword mm-hmm. or the being stabbed every time they mm-hmm. stabbed. Well, this is just very funny because when we were on our fall break trip, we went to Lego Land Discovery Center oh. in Grapevine, Texas, and they had like a 4D movie that you could go see, but it was a bit run down. <laughs> and so every time there's a moment when you know, like there's like falling or rushing and i hear the fans turn on oh i hear them work very hard i don't feel a thing i don't know if it's the seat that i'm sitting in just nothing happened i hear like 
<laughs> and then nothing. I think Sarah, who was sitting three seats down from me, was getting airborne on her, but I didn't have anything happen to me. There were many times where like a dog would come up and like be licking the screen, and you're like, this is what I'm supposed to be getting wet, but nothing happened. And I'm like, this ain't too bad. Did your chairs like nope move back and forth? Not even. Oh, man. Maybe they were supposed to, but they certainly didn't. You did not get the 40 experience. Like literally the first thing in the Wakanda Forever trailer is like it like whips us to the side real quick so it can whip us back around as we're like going through scenes. Uh no, thank you. And we're like, <laughs> I literally asked my wife to put my phone in my in her purse. Because if it was in the cup holder where I normally put my phone, it's going to fly right out. Lose more good phones that way. The 40X movies. And I was sitting in kind of a, like, I don't sit in chairs normally because I'm a weirdo. Mm -hmm. I know. My wife's like, do you feel that on your legs? And I was like, what? And there's like these like things for your legs. Like Mm -hmm. like holders, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. Leg holsters. And you put your legs in them, and when people got their legs chopped off, it, like, squeezed. Oh, no. Um, you know, this was a mistake. 40X was a mistake, and God is going to punish us for it. We walked out, and I was incredibly joyous. And I was very happy that I experienced it once mm-hmm. and, only, and once. only once. And that it was a great movie that wasn't ruined by it. What movie would you want to experience in 4DX? See, I was thinking about it, and I think the only answer, uh-huh. 4DX was made for this movie, and it should have died after this movie, is Top Gun Maverick. Makes sense. It's the only It's the only possible reason I could imagine having 4DX. And I still don't think it would make it more immersive, but I think it could be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. See, I think it'd be fun to do like Scott Pilgrim in 4DX. Only if they interacted with the weird stuff. I mean, I feel like it would have to. It has if, to. If Scott was like, oh, and now you're going to get hit in the back for no reason. Dunk. <laughs> um, so Edgar Wright, go ahead and get on it. That's the right person. I said the right person this time. Um, get on that. I'll go watch it. Yeah. A movie made for 40X would be interesting. Uh-huh. But as our listeners undoubtedly guessed, if this is their first time with us, this is a Boy Meets World podcast. Yeah. It's a, it's a 40X movie review podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a 40X Boy Meets World podcast. Yes. At different times throughout the show, we're going to whisper into the mic. Now, quickly jerk to the right. <laughs> yeah. Now, so you can quickly jerk to the left, but even further, you know. Oh, and then we're going to say the cha-cha slide, and you're not going to know what to. <laughs> right foot now, y'all. Take it back now, y'all. Two hops this time. Left foot, let's stomp. Right foot, let's stomp. Everybody clap your hands. <laughs> we've, we've crossed the line between 40X and ASMR. <laughs> you know what's funny is this isn't our first experience doing ASMR on this show. It won't be the last. <laughs> when we get to the ASMR episode of Boy Meets World, you better watch out. Mm-hmm. Yes, sure. Whatever, man. Oh, just gut check at the start of this episode. I did not like this one. See, I, I think I'm going to have to be the positive one this time. Good. It's just a hot mess express. See, I, I think this one is surprisingly cohesive. 
I don't feel like it knew what it wanted to say. Well, it doesn't say much. But I feel I feel like I'm just extra disappointed by it coming off of the last episode. Yeah, the last one was surprisingly good. Mm, it's just like so tightly done and like this is su- like it surprisingly holds up in a lot of ways. And like the way that it is telling the story is really interesting. And in this one, I'm just like, what? what is this show? This isn't even Boy Meets World anymore. Why, Boy? Why? You see, I think the last one and this one suffer from a, a, a similar problem. And I'm going to coin a phrase mm-hmm. that I've just now in the last few minutes thought of. Uh, a moral a, a moral of the story shotgun. Like it just kind of blasts you with moral of the story, hoping that you'll take one of them away. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how like you can basically take any lesson from any Bible story ever. Um, Because that's kind of how, like, we've designed the whole process to work. Um, So sort of like at the end of Animaniacs, when they spin the wheel of morality. Yeah. Whatever pops up is what the lesson was all along. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of feel like last week really encompasses that with with a morality shotgun of, like, it's about fiending not protecting them. It's about sticking up for yourself. It's about, Mm -hmm. like, in this one, I kind of feel like it does the same thing. Um, and not as successfully. Um, but we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Okay, we'll get into it. Um, I'll give a sin up. Corey doesn't feel like one of the guys. Because um, he wears an engagement ring. Um, he's just constantly, whatever Topanga wants, is kind of what he's going to do. Um, and he's just really feeling it. And Sean is like, kind of had enough of him at this attitude. So they go to the um, like sports bar kind of place to hang out called clavage we need to talk about that'll be one of the first things we talk about but keep going um and while there Corey decides he's going to take off his engagement ring and he ends up leaving it there um there is like one good joke in the entire episode that i can think i'm um, also jack and eric are there mm-hmm. i can't even remember what the good joke is but something made me laugh out loud i, I laughed out loud a couple times good. but it's not a very funny episode no i think it's a fairly interesting episode eh. um there's a lot of new care there's a lot of like guests on this episode not like big guests no but i can think of like five or six characters that we don't see any after this episode but that have like speaking lines yeah well goldberg the goalie is a big guest mm-hmm. goldberg yeah gambling dan and yeah, then like three of the people that work at the restaurant are they big guests no i'm just meaning we have like non-main characters Yes, yes. Um, so just just to get it out of the way, was the 90s so stingy that this is how they thought of places like Buffalo Wild Wings, Hooters, Twin Peaks? Or is this the closest they could get to a strip club without calling it a strip club? It's probably that. Like, is this place supposed to be a strip club? Or is it supposed to be a commentary on, like, Hooters? I don't know. Because, I mean, it is. it is just like a one-for-one sort of exchange for a place like Hooters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like right down to the fact that the outfits are like billed as scandalous, but aren't scandalous at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's the same at Hooters. I've, I've never been to a Hooters, but I know what like the costume is like. Right. Yeah, So I, I'm not sure. Because if it, I, I feel like based on Topanga and even Angela's reaction to it, it seems more like, just the Hooters or 
where it's like, oh, how could you go to that place? But not like, oh, you went to a strip club. Like, that's certainly not okay. Hmm. Like, that's a different level. But even Angela's reaction kind of is more like it's a strip club. Yeah, Angela's reaction is definitely a strip club. But Angela's in a weird place right now. But Topanga's reaction is more like it's a Hooters. Because she she does care sometimes and she doesn't. That is one of the parts where this episode is confused on how Topanga feels about the restaurant. Mm-hmm. I think the episode, uh, the whole show is just confused on how Topanga feels about um, anything. Yeah, she makes a pretty quick turn later on with the restaurant. Um, anyway, this is actually one that we'll need to consider both stories as we go along. Mm-hmm. Because they do overlap. Interesting. Oh, um, no, I thought I remembered the joke. We'll get to it. We'll get, we'll to, get it. to it. I probably won't remember. Um, but it opens up with a poker game. Mm-hmm. In Corey and Sean's room, we're introduced to two new characters. We've got Gamblin Dan, who looks like he's about thirty. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of a lot of guys I knew in college. <laughs> Does it really, or is that sarcasm? Uh, no, a few, a few guys that I wasn't the biggest fan of. Okay, um, I won't name names. You definitely know one of them. Oh, um, I want to know name names, name names. I'm going to text you the name. Okay, that's fair. The last name broke into two parts. Um, but I feel like especially later in the scene where he's like, the way all those waitresses jump to you, man, I got to admit, I was jealous. And I was like, oh, that sounds exactly like this person that I knew in college. <laughs> yeah, your face is telling me. that's a, It's a fair comparison. Um, he he doesn't look young enough. Or he just looks very old. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, But then there's this character with him. Oh, I don't think ever gets a name. He's never named. Um for some reason, I want to say his name is Isaiah. I'm looking it up. Can you Google something? Googling, 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 Googling. Ooh, a new line. Corey, it, it says on uh, this, Corey goes to a bikini club, which is definitely not where he went. No. Um, no, 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 no. Louie was his Louis. name. Louie. We will see him um, at least one more time. Yes, I believe so. I know we'll did see you know, Did you know Nia Vardalos was one of the waitresses? I'm not sure who that is. For my Big Fat Greek Wedding? I've seen that movie one time in high school. It's so good. My Big, my big Fat Greek Wedding. Um, it's a classic. You should definitely watch it. Everyone, go watch My Big Fat Greek Wedding right now. Pause okay. this podcast. This is the first 40X experience. Pause the podcast and watch My Big Fat Greek Wedding and then come back. It's <laughs> What a great time. What a riot that movie was, Chance. <laughs> The those and their transition their traditions not transitions <laughs> their transitions into marriage <laughs> yes so funny love those love those love those crazy greeks um there's a lot of overlap between my big fat greek wedding and mama mia in my head and it's probably because i watched both of them on a bus on a school trip <laughs> What kind of school trip were you on? I think it was a speech and debate trip. Oh, very exciting. Um, anyway, Gamblin' Dan and Louie Louis are there playing poker with Sean and then unnamed, unfaced fourth person. Yeah. Okay. We just see the back of his head. Perhaps um, one of the death seat kids in a new death seat. Yes, the new death seat is the fourth seat at the poker table, um, which is why Corey never sits there. It's true. He never does. But they're playing poker, and Sean 
aunties. I don't know. I don't know my poker terms. But then Sean bets ten Sean bets, and then Gamblin Dan calls. There you go. There we go. And Sean seems to have won, but then Gamblin Dan wins. Um, but they had a good time. And every time Gamblin Dan says something, Louis like repeats it. Sort yeah. of like a new but not as good um, Harley, Joey, Frankie sort of situation. Yeah. Just a just a dishonor on their name. Yeah. I don't feel like there's that love and support that we see from those three. No. It, between these two. Gamblin' Dan's taking advantage of Louie. Yeah. It's true. But yeah. I don't think I don't think they're trying to be that way either. No. But so they finish up the game. They say they're gonna go to Clavage. Yeah, they're going they're to, going to, Club to come Clavage. Club Clavage. And that's when Corey walks in. Hmm. Gamblin' Dan refers to him as the Major. Hey, it's the Major. Aren't oh, you at the Virgin Support Group? Well, the other guy dropped out. Oh, um, dear. Yes. And then Corey's like, what's going on here? A poker game? Here's my question. Why do you want to be at that poker game, Corey? Poker is boring. At least they're betting. I mean, sure. But poker is for people who like to look cool more than they like to play games. There are so many better games. You can just play all sorts of games. Magic the Gathering, Settlers of Catan. I've recently gotten a game called Azul, which is a delight for four players. Oh, good to know. Takinoko. You tell them. Hmm? Takinoko. Takinoko. What are you waiting for? These are delightful, fun games that are good to play. Not and people poker. are like, there's skill in poker. Yeah, there's some, sure. But not like fun skill. I don't want to tell if someone's lying or not. Yeah, if I want to tell if someone's lying or not, I'll play either Secret Hitler. Or Coup. Or Coup, yeah. Secret Hitler's so fun. And I don't lose any money. Also that. Like Sean lost a lot of money here, and it's very sad. And he's a poor trailer park boy. He can't afford that. Yeah, he has a picture of a bus on his wall, because it's all he can afford. It's all he's got. It's all he's got. Um, But the guys leave, and Corey's like, what do you mean you're going to see him tonight? What's going on? Hashtag poker isn't fun. Anyway, keep going. Um, and Sean's like, oh, some of the guys are just going out tonight to, to Club Clavage. He's like, Club Clavage? Where the girls parade around in outfits Alphas that only that barely cover their most private of a situation. Yes. As we later see, I guess that means 85% of their bodies? Yeah. But my wife and I watched this together tonight, and both of us at the exact same time were like, that's exactly what high school girls wear, like, regularly. Yeah. Middle school ones, too. Many of them. So With shorter shorts. Yeah. I was like, maybe maybe it's just a product of our time. Maybe. But that is not... There's nothing scandalous about a midriff-bearing tank top and mm-hmm. perfectly reasonable shorts. <laughs> no chance. No. <laughs> um, but Corey's like upset about this and sean is just really kind of tired of Corey. he's like i didn't invite you because you'd probably be doing something with topanga he's like well i'm jokes on you she has plans and sean's like so i was right it all depends on topanga and he's like but i do think there is a subtext to this episode that begins here mm-hmm. and i think that subtext is people are down on Corey and are berating Corey. But they're also looking for exactly what Corey has. Perhaps. Perhaps. I think that I mean that is definitely the case of Sean. You're not wrong. 
Well, and I think I think it's kind of implied to be the case of Gamble and Dan as well. Yeah, like, he wants to be in that mess of all the waitresses. Yeah, he wants he wants someone special to give him attention. Be it the Clavage waitress, Louie. Louis. Maybe it's Louie. I wasn't going to bring it up yet, but I think Louis' relationship points to this very idea that, like, Gamblin' Dan just wants to be important to somebody. And that's what exactly what Topanga says to Corey later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too bad Gamblin' Dan sucks as a human being. He does suck, but I think he's sucking to prove a point. It's like, you're mean. You're mean, but also, like, a lot of times people will, like, make fun of you because of envy. Sure, that's what we tell ourselves when we get made fun of, Chance. <laughs> Hey, y'all are just jealous. Y'all are just jealous of what I've got, and often it's true. Maybe, maybe. Um, but I do think it starts here. This idea of like, oh, I'm gonna keep bringing up that Topanga is the problem because I don't have a Topanga and I'm lonely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says that they call him the Major because his name's for Major Wuss. Mm-hmm. And Gambling Dan says that if there was a whipped magazine, Corey would be the centerfold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to which Corey responds, "There is a whipped magazine. I don't. I didn't subscribe, but somehow they found me." Yes, which is a funny joke. I laughed at it. It is funny. It's not the one that made me laugh out loud. That yeah. I can't remember. I bet I remember it, but we'll get there. Okay, we'll get there. Um, that part was funny, and then uh, he's like, "Well, I'll go to Club Clavage," and he's like, "Are you going to tell Topanga?" He's like, "I'll tell Topanga what I want, when I want." And how I want to tell her. So you're going to tell her? It's out of my hands. <laughs> There's nothing I could do. <laughs> um, so Corey is going with Gamblin' Dan, Sean, and Louie to <gasps> Club Clavage. Where, oddly, they show basically no <laughs> Pretty much no Clavage. <laughs> yes. I mean, they're nothing to behold. They're wearing these they, plenty of midriff. Yeah. Not even plenty, like a normal amount. Yeah. And then, but then it's like, it's a, I mean, it's a crew neck. Yeah, it's a crew neck tank. Slightly scooped. Not even, not even that far down. Nope. <laughs> this is a family show. This is a family show. Um, so then we cut to the apartment mm-hmm. where, do they need the establishing shot of the apartment anymore? Do they think if we cut into the apartment, we're just going to be like, where are we? Where is this place? It's just kind of classic 90s television. You do your establishing shot. I get it. You do friends all the time. And it's like, we know where we're going. There's only like three places that we ever go. Yeah, I guess. But they never do it with like the union or the dorm room. They just do it with. Yeah. They they did it in this episode with the apartment and with Clavage. It's like, we get it. We've known the apartment longer than we've known any other set. Mm -hmm. Collage makes sense. Yeah. It's got bouncers, which is another thing I'm like, are you talking about a strip club? (laughs) Like, there's no bouncers at Hooters. What are you talking about? Maybe there should be. Maybe there should be. We need to protect these women's most private of situations. (laughs) Most private of situations. Um, but anyway, they do the establishing shot and then they go into the apartment and Jack and Eric are sneaking in. Mm-hmm. Where could they be going? Where could they be going? Who knows? Uh, but Rachel's talking to them and they're like, oh, we're going out. We yeah, can do whatever you hound us. Uh-huh. Nag, nag, nag. Yeah. Just, um, just working on my research paper. Yes. Uh, I am going to go out on a limb here. Eric and Jack's story is way deeper than Corey. Yeah. It's way deeper. There's actually a lot of interesting stuff happening in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that we don't really touch on. Um, that being said, I don't know if I would have liked to have spent more time on it. I think they spent a good amount of time on it, but I think it makes a much deeper point that we'll get to later. Yeah, I would agree with that. But yeah, so to uh, they're like, why don't we don't ever ask you what you're doing? She's like, oh, I'm writing a paper. Women and their effect, effect on male, on bonding. male bonding. Like Eric, none. <laughs> Eric says, men were bonding on this planet long before women ever arrived. <laughs> Yeah, so take that. <laughs> take that, Rachel. And then they're like, we're just we're just going to go. You can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And then they leave, and they're like... And, well, she goes, thank you. Yes. Gaze, eyes to heaven. Thank you. Because yeah, she found her subjects to write about. Her case study, I suppose. I don't think it's ethical to have a case study without permission of the subjects. But, you know... Mm-hmm. She's an undergrad. Who cares? Yeah, undergrads, you can get away with a lot. If she can spell research, it was the nineties. Undergrad, it was the nineties. Um, yeah. So then we cut to dun 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 establishing shot bouncer club clavage looks like a sports bar inside. Yeah, someplace that's a lot like Hooters. <laughs> Not Definitely. as bad as Twin Peaks. Better than I bad or good isn't really applicable here. Not as revealing as. Twin Peaks, not as... It's just like Hooters, I guess. Not as many owls as Hooters. <laughs> not as many owls as Hooters. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, they're just there. Corey and Sean go to the table. Gamblin' Dan and Louie are already there. There's a waitress sitting on Gamblin' Dan's lap. <laughs> That's the weird part about this restaurant. They take their order by sitting on their lap. Don't like it. No, not a fan. I mean, wouldn't have liked it when I was like single and into stuff like that i just that's that's personal space i don't want taken mm-hmm. up please go away i'm trying to eat <laughs> i might would have been like i only touch people i know really well please go i am not a chair <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you're a wonderful human being but i don't touch people i don't know please mm-hmm. go. please don't sit on me please don't sit on me um but they're like, oh, Mrs. Mr. Topanga Lawrence is here. Mm-hmm. And he says, I am not married. I'm engaged. So nuts to you. <laughs> and Gamblin' Dan's like, oh, man, he's so cool. I really want what he has. So does Sean. They both say that. I wish yeah. I was in a stable, loving relationship like Corey. I think that is what they're thinking. My life sucks. Yeah, they're making up for their own inability to have relationships by mockery sure sure whatever um, you say but Corey uh looks at the menu and is unimpressed and then gambling dan says well he's here it's a start mm-hmm. and then a lovely young woman who's very perky mm-hmm. um like personality wise um is like hey and she's a delight sits on, sits Corey's, on lap, Corey's lap which again Makes me wildly uncomfortable, not because of any of the reasons you would think, just because, like, I don't know you. I don't want to touch you. Mm -hmm. That's a me thing, I know, but, oh. Just don't go to Club Clavage, Chance. I won't. The food is so-so, and the service is crazy. (laughs) The food is so-so, and the service is crazy. Um, Yeah, this is just a me thing. Like, man, people who try to hug me, who I kind of sort of know, my brain is like, no. Get away from me now. No. 
I hate you. And I will normally do it, but my brain is like, you stop this right now. This is ridiculous. I will sue. <laughs> my brain just doesn't like it. I don't like touching people I don't know very well. I don't know why. I don't know what, where that comes from, but it's true. Um, yes, but then Corey is talking about, I'm not married, but then the waitress is like, then why do you have a ring on? Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's an engagement ring. And we see Corey's wearing an engagement ring. Yeah. And, uh, I think we saw it in the last scene. Wait, yeah. Sean says, I'm starting to think that engagement ring is through your nose. Yeah. And, man. Um, I guess he's a bolt. I don't care. Yeah. Who who knows? Um, but she's like, oh, is this a bachelor party? She's like, ladies, we have a bachelor party over here. And then they all pull, pull, pull Corey into the middle and are dancing. Are I don't really know what they're doing. <laughs> he's Corey like, checks one of them out. And he's like, oh, clavage. Now I get it. He says, girls, girls, you're smothering me with your, oh, clavage. Now I get it. <laughs> Which I think is actually quite funny. Oh, Corey. And then they convince him this is all right. It's just a mm-hmm. restaurant. It's no big deal. Isn't that right? Topanga. Yes. Poke eyes out. <laughs> Must, no, poke out eyes is bad. <laughs> says. And he like talks with him about... Like, what are you doing? Like, you need to calm down. Yeah. Like, this is when we really get into reputation. It's like, your reputation would never survive you bailing right now. And like, it's all about what Corey's is all about what other people think about him. And like, he knows that shouldn't be important, but it is important to him, which I think is a fun kind of nuanced situation. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't like Gambling Dan. He doesn't think Gambling Dan is fun or enjoyable to be around his very next line in this scene is like you're not very nice mm-hmm. um but still for some reason he thinks he needs to care about what gambling gambling and thinks because like he feels like he should yeah like i'm supposed to sean's telling me that i'm supposed to mm-hmm. which i feel like is a fun nuance personally yeah sure it i don't know this episode just it doesn't feel like an episode of boy meets world and I already feel like the messaging is sort of all over the place. Yeah. It's about being whipped. It's about this is what men do. This is like part of, you know, exercising think, who you are as a man. To do but things. I think those things are ultimately revealed to be excuses, right? I don't know. Like cutting forward to when he's talking to Topanga about those things. It's like these are excuses and the reality is like they were calling me names and I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah, this is poor Corey life's tough to get a helmet. I I just think I think there's some nuance here of like they're letting some of the looks and some of the like inferences tell the story a little bit, which is not a normal Boy Meets World thing. I don't think we're conditioned to look for it. Mm-hmm. But I think they do a pretty good job in a few places. Because Sean's whole argument here in this very scene we're talking about is not like it's like that ring people are thinking badly of you because of the ring take it off like show them that you're not whipped that you're not tied to the ring it's all about appearance it's all about like not being made fun of Mm. since when has Corey ever cared about people not making fun of him if he cared about that he would chill out yeah but like all the time (laughs) if one one person says one bad thing about Corey, he freaks out for it yes that's true he he cares way too much (laughs) um (laughs) Angela said, we barely know each other. And he spent an He's entire like, episode beating her end. into submission. <laughs> My world is at an end. That this person that when she made some good points about it was right. That I don't know her very well. 
but I will not stand for it. I will not. Um, so yeah, and then they're like, I don't even think Eric belongs here. And then, <laughs> this year, oh, nurse, let's get some chow. Yeah. And then she comes and sits on his lap and he says, can I get a tuna on white and get you cut the crusts off and cut it in triangles like my mommy does? <laughs> <laughs> Cutting right to the quick of that mommy issue. Um, okay. And then they're talking about how this is just a normal place. Even though Rachel would see us as a den of iniquity. Mm-hmm. Like she would think only the scum of the earth come here. And then Corey walks up. He's like, hey are you surprised that one such as I would be in an establishment such as this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> just the way he says that is pretty funny. It is pretty funny. Um, and then he's like, does Rachel know you guys are here? Like, why do we care what Rachel thinks? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I just surprised. She seems surprised to see you. <laughs> and then she's like, hey, boys, having fun? And then Jack says, not. And Eric goes, <laughs> anymore? Yeah, Eric says, anymore? And uh, then we're uh, off to the dorms. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the end of their story mm-hmm. for now. And then it comes back. They're still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they stay. Yes, they stay. But... Sean and Corey are walking back to the dorms and they're like talking about it. And they're like, we don't have to feel any way about what we just did. Like we don't need to hide or lie mm-hmm. or anything. And then Topanga and Angela come up and like, Hey guys, where were you? And Sean's like the movies. We were in the movies. Made two. The city. The city. Corey, we were supposed to say that together. Well, he'll definitely go again. He loved it. Uh, those mouses. Who doesn't? <laughs> I just love that pig. And then Corey's like, we went to Clavage. Mm-hmm. And Corey just comes right out and says it, which I very much respect. Yeah, I mean, Topanga's all about, it's all about honesty, and Corey mm-hmm. was honest. Yeah, that gets into some of the weirder messaging in this next scene. Mm-hmm. Because um, I do agree with you. This is very much moral lesson shotgun. Yeah, I feel like this is the part where it starts to fall apart because it's like, what are you trying to say? Yeah. It's like the episode fizzles out near the conclusion, but the whole thing is conclusion. Yeah, especially the girls scene coming up here in a minute. It's it's weird, mm-hmm. but he's he says it, and it's it's obvious. Like Sean is bothered that Angela knows that about him and is upset. Yeah, Angela Sean. calls him a pig. Mm-hmm. He follows her into her room to like kind of clear things up. It's obvious he still really cares what she thinks about him. Um, and the he cares what she thinks. Yeah, the he cares. Yeah, and then Topanga's like, can we talk about this in your room? And he's like, no, out here's good. And she throws him in, which I think The light funny. is lovely, and you look lovely. And then those weak, those weak, flimsy Pembroke doors. Maybe it's just his, their door. We never see other examples. It's been replaced so many times. It's just, it's just so weak. Yeah, she throws him into the room. He Maybe it's never been replaced. And so it's just like those hinges are just like barely hanging on. But yeah, she throws me in, I guess. Um, and then she's like, Corey. And he's like, one thing. I am man and I went with other man to do man things. And she's, and like, she's like, I understand. I understand. And he's like, and I don't. What? Yeah. And she's like, I don't care if you do stuff like that as long as you're always like honest with me. And he's like, so you're okay if I do my own thing? She's like, yeah. Like, and make my own choices? Yeah. What if I don't want to? Then you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where, I don't really, this is where the, the things fall apart for me. Because she, he's like, 
So I'm not going back there because the food was bad and the service was just crazy. I'm like, wait, when did this become about going to the restaurant? Mm-hmm. Like, she's even said she doesn't care about the restaurant. She only cares if he's honest with her. But then even later in the girl scene in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah she well, like makes the point of saying, being like, he's not going to go there again. It's mm-hmm. like, so it's not I, saying I trust you. It's I'm going to manipulate you into doing what I want and what I want is for you to not go there. Yeah. And it really does feel, especially at this point, it's kind of like last week in my opinion, except it's in the middle instead of at the end. Cause at the end of last week's episode, it was kind of like one writer wanted it to be about Feeney and one writer wanted it to be about Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just brought this whole like Feeney can't protect you anymore thing out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, this time it's kind of like, there's one writer who wants to make it like, don't go to Hooters, it will hurt the person you love. And one person wants to make it like more complicated than that. Well, I, the problem is I feel like it's like five or six writers all wanting different things. I, I don't know. It's, like, it's almost like by providing, like we want to give a nuanced take. So we're going to just present like all of this different stuff and then not say what any any of it's right mm-hmm. or any of it's wrong. And we're just, but we're, it, it's just... It feels like a mess because we have like the Jack and Eric side. Yeah, we'll get there. We have the, like this is men like male bonding. Like men need to do thing, you know, whatever. Her, her, Tim the Toolman Taylor kind of stuff. Or this place is bad. Like Angela's whole take. Or like this place is harmless. It's not really anything. And it's just like all of these different sides that it just gets really cloudy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true, though I feel like there's like I feel like there's the intended message that comes across, which is like, as long as you're honest and considerate of me, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. But then there's like little instances of like, I don't want you to go to that place because I'm controlling. Yeah. Um like, it I almost feels like a, don't go on or go on the date with Lauren. How dare you go on the date with Lauren? Mm-hmm. It's like go, like do whatever you want. How dare you do whatever you want? Mm-hmm. With a perfectly logical explanation. Yeah, it. I definitely think they're playing again, moral lesson shotgun, a little bit. But at the same time, like I think there is a through line that you can draw through this episode um, that I think turns out pretty good, um, especially from the Eric and Jack side. But we'll get there. Yeah. So she's like, I understand, and he's like, You don't just, you're not just saying you understand while you build up resentment, and one day I'll wake up and you'll be hacking me to pieces. She's like, no, Corey, that would be wrong. He's like, yeah, that would be wrong. Like, now, give me some sugar. And she just turns and walks away. <laughs> He's like, yeah, what else is new? What else is new? Which, that gives us things to talk about in the relationship all by itself. But we mm-hmm. won't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what else is new? Their relationship <laughs> is dysfunctional. Yeah. Um, when withholding becomes part of your relationship, you should really look in. But anyway. Oh, what else um, is new? <laughs> what else is new? Um... But then uh, Louie comes in. Gamble and Dan wants to talk to you. And then he walks in. Of course, like. He's right there, you pigeon. He's right there. Like, you just called me a pigeon. You are a pigeon. That is true. Which I think is very <laughs> Yes. Um, Louie, MVP of my heart. And he's like, you were the man tonight. When those waitresses attacked you, I'm not going to lie. I was jealous. Um, it's like Louie or Gamble and Dan, it's literally their job. You could go and say it's your bachelor party and they'll do the same thing to you. Yeah, no joke. You could probably just go, hey, can we just do that dance and you all just dance around me? But I think that kind of harkens back to Gamble and Dan's just looking for some attention. 
he's trying to get it in all the wrong ways, but he's mm-hmm. looking for what Corey has. True. Um, but I suppose. But anyway, and he's like, especially when you took that ring off, he looks. <gasps> he's like, let's look to the past. This is it's just kind of got a weird experimental thing here. Yes, but it's very funny. Where it's just like he looks to the past and he sees where he took his ring off and why on earth he set it on top of the napkin dispenser? Yeah, it's sort of like in his pocket. pocket. Mm-hmm. Like a normal like my finger will kind of feel a little swollen and I'll I mean, put it in my pocket. You can even do the Frodo and just put it on a chain around your neck. Well, I don't have to carry a chain around. In the 90s, everybody's got a chain necklace. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and just Frodo it, you know? But no, Corey doesn't do that. And he's like, we can't focus on the past. We have to look to the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's laying in bed, and Topanga has the cleaver. Cleaver? Topanga? No! <laughs> Massive, comically large cleaver. It is. And then he, he he's like, the future is also no good. And I laugh out loud. And that's when Louis, Louis is kind of like looking, because Corey like looks off into the distance, and Louis's like, what? <laughs> yes. What are you looking at? I think when he comes out of that and says the future is also no good and Louis is looking is very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be when I laughed out loud. Maybe. I think Babe Big in the City and how quick Sean goes into that whole thing is very funny. Mm-hmm. It was something Corey said, and I feel like it was in his conversation with Topanga that they just had. I but know. I can't remember it. If you know at home what made Cameron laugh out loud. Please do tell. I don't want to watch this episode a third time. At BG World Fever. Everywhere. BG it's World Fever. Before, what we've missed talking about a good joke and someone's let us know. Yeah. So this is this is your moment. <laughs> this is your time to shine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we cut to Eric and Jack and Rachel. She's like, what's wrong? Like, you're not having any fun. And Jack looks at his girl and he's like, ma'am, I am not a chair. And she leaves, and then she's like, just do what you would normally do. And Eric is like, ma'am, would you cover up? I'm trying to eat. He's got a burger, by the way, not turkey on white. Not a tuna, not a tuna sandwich with the crust cut off. I noticed that. I was like, what happened? Maybe they're having another meal. They could be having another. They've been there a very long time. Yes, he's like, my tuna sandwich was not very filling. <laughs> the crust um, was gone. It was very small. They are people who eat spaghetti and mashed potatoes. Great. Mm-hmm. So, with a big whipped cream pie. With a big whipped cream pie. Um, but yeah, and he, so she like pinches his cheek and then leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, she's like, I'm just going to write my paper. And she's like, for so-and-so's class? Yeah, the waitress is. Um, mm-hmm. They have a class together. She's like, what's your topic? Oh, women and their effect on male bonding. There isn't any. Now please go. <laughs> Cover up. I'm trying to eat. Cover up. I'm trying to eat. And then she's like, what is wrong with you guys? And and here's where I think they use the wrong words, but they get to a good point. Mm-hmm. And that is, they say like, you've made us way much more, way more mature and more like conscious of what we do. And when you're around, you remind us of that. And I think in the modern day, we can admit like Eric, Jack, what Rachel does is remind you that women are people. Mm-hmm. And you would like to not think of women as people right now. You just made me realize this girl that's sitting on my lap goes to college too. Yeah, and is and taking is a the same classes as you are. Yeah. And like. You've humanized her and she's not just a piece of meat. You monster. Yeah. And, but that's 100% what they're saying without 
saying, saying. we've got this whole new level of maturity. It's like, well, no, no, you don't, because then you'd have it all the time. <laughs> and you're about to do the tushy dance. So, um, but that's this is why I think this has to be a stand-in for a strip club, right? Because like, I don't feel like you're super dehumanizing, like at Hooters, clothed women at Hooters, <laughs> unless you're Michael Scott. Unless you're Michael Scott. There's yeah. some, there's any, some episodes related to Hooters in the office that you've not seen. Oh yeah, no, I have not. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Um, but but yeah, I I think this is a great point, especially like you know, say what you want about the porn industry, pro or con. Um, I think Cameron and I are both pretty pretty con. Um, they're not for like maybe the most traditional reasons, mm-hmm. but I just don't support most industries that treat people like objects and like bank on you treating people like objects. Um, but I think this is a very prescient issue is like remembering that the people are people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like just the discussion of like, is it objectifying or is it empowering? Mm -hmm. And this show definitely doesn't use that language. No, at all. Um, And unfortunately the simple fact of the matter is that it's both and it's complicated. mm -hmm. That's almost always the answer. It's complicated. Um, but yeah, so it's like, yeah, I don't feel like the show has the ability to say necessarily what it wants to say. So mm-hmm. I think it does a good job of using like we're mature, like we're more mature, and you remind yeah. us of that replacement language to make a really good point. They're like they really struggle in this kind of environment of objectification when someone comes along that they. I mean, they do objectify all the time. Yeah, that's the other part of it. But also have to treat like a human. Mm-hmm. And then she's just like, guys, that's so sweet. And they're like, thank you. Now, please leave so we can do the tushy dance. Yeah, it's time for the tushy dance. Uh-huh. And she's so like, she does. We've also skipped over. She does not, but she makes them. No, she it. goes and posts up. But we did skip over the bathroom conversation. That's right, we did. That's um, which comes between those scenes, which is just Topang and Angela talking about everything while they're in the shower which is kind of strange um let's talk in the bathroom man that bathroom i mean still it, it's not important but angela's like still mad that they would do that and topanga's like Corey's not gonna do it again yeah and this this is weird because the whole conversation in his room leads you to believe that what she is worried about is like a loss of trust that she won't be able to trust Corey. And that the the place isn't the issue. She doesn't care about the place. But suddenly, like and this is, never return to that place. Yeah, like suddenly it's framed more as like everything I said was just a ploy to make sure he never goes back. Mm-hmm. And I, so it so, is like manipulative, and it is ring through the nose, whipped sort of. Yeah, but only in this one scene. Because mm-hmm. later on, when they have their scene, it becomes fireside more, chat. Huh? Their fireside chat. Yeah, it's it goes back to what it was before. Yeah, about like I am not a I'm really I'm not an object, and I want to be considered in all of this. Like, but but here suddenly it becomes like about the place, and then Angela's like only the most distressed girls would go there, and then a girl comes out of the shower, and she's like I work there, <laughs> and uh, Angela's like let me guess the profile. Broken home, years of abuse, child born out of wedlock, no choice but to live a life of degradation and sin. And she closes the shower curtain, and then she's like, I'm a cook. Yeah, I'm a cook. Um, and then Tiffany's like, is it bad? And she's like, girls wear way more than they do at the beach. It's more of a, 
environment that makes people think it's worse than it is. Mm-hmm. She's like, like I'm going over now. Do you want to come? And she's like, yeah, I want to see what Corey finds so fascinating. Corey doesn't find anything fascinating. Yeah. He has told you he doesn't care about this place at all. Yeah. She says, let's see what guys find so fascinating. But she doesn't say that. She says, cool. No, I'm just saying if she said that, it would make more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think she would get there and be like, oh, Corey can come here whenever he wants. Who cares? Mm-hmm. And then that now we are back where they're doing the tushy dance. Or they're about mm-hmm. to. Corey comes in. He's like, where's the lost and found? And they're like, over there by daycare. Yeah. That's a really running joke in sitcoms, I've noticed. Because uh-huh. lately I've seen it in Modern Family. I remember it in Scrubs. But like, lost and found, that's a thing for school. Mm-hmm. You toddler. <laughs> it's like, we had lost and founds at every job I've ever worked at. <laughs> Just what you do. I mean, people lose things and need to find them. Yeah. Seems responsible, honestly. Oh, I don't no. know what you're talking about. I mean, we wouldn't call it lost and found. We'd call it like the box of stuff people have left. <laughs> this, the left behind. When, the rapture the box. And I used to work at Hastings. We literally had it had a box under a counter. And what, one time that box got so full, we just told people to come grab stuff and take it home because whoop, whoop. Um, it, had, it had been there so long. Mm-hmm. No one's coming for this. Yeah. I actually um, got a jacket at the BCM that way that I still use, a rain jacket that was just on the hook for like a year. <laughs> and one day I was like, hey, Mike, can I just have this? And he's like, sure. I'm like, <laughs> it's my size. It fits great. It's a good quality as an LL Bean. Ooh, um, I'm just okay. like, somebody just left it here for like a year. Can I just have it? There's someone <laughs> like, who's sure. in financial ruin because they were didn't get a job because they arrived soaked. To a job That's on them. That's on them. <laughs> they have the time. And I have the jacket. <laughs> a year and a half later, if you had only waited two months, they would have come back for it. Maybe. If they'd have come back and said, hey, I think I left my jacket here a long time ago, I'd have been like, rats. <laughs> I have to have integrity right now. <clears throat> my boss is watching and he knows I have the jacket. Uh, but yes, um, the bathroom scene is a weird scene. Like, if you take it out, I actually think this episode goes up a lot in my estimation. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to make about the bathroom scene. Um, but we'll move on. Um, so Corey's goes to find his ring. He talks to the waitress from earlier. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's so much fun. You came back for some more. Mm-hmm. He's like, no. I it just kind of came off during the festivities. I don't know. She's like, like, maybe it's with all these other rings that just came off. Apparently like, a lot of it seems wear- like a strip club more than a. Hooters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe like the thing is like married men take off their rings so they can hit on waitresses. Yeah, maybe so. Gross. Um, but then the tushy dance starts. Yeah, then they start doing the tushy dance, which is some variation of the chicken dance. It's not like it's not provocative in any way, way. or fun seeming. They put their hands on their lower back, right above their butt, and again. then they just sort of wiggle around. But everyone does it. It's not like. They do it and the guys sit back and watch. It's like they're in there too dancing. Yeah. And Eric and Jack are excited and they're participating. And Corey finds Rachel the ring and he's watching. excited. He says, he says, I found my ring. I found my ring. And my butt touched hers. <laughs> okay. And then they just start dancing. And then Topanga comes in with her friend, I guess. And she's just like, she's like, see, it's not so shocking. And then Topanga sees Corey. Yeah. And she's like, <gasps> she's aghast. And she's like, Corey, what are you doing? And he's like, nothing. 
She's like, you're tushy dancing. No, I am not. And the girl, the woman behind him is moving his arms. Yeah. Literally and making him tushy dance. Making him, to, forcing him, really. Mm -hmm. Taking away all of his agents. You will tushy dance and you will like it. And he's like, uh, no, I really wish you would stop. And then she's like, what is your brain doing? And he's like, well, I left it. And she that's when she storms out. Mm -hmm. She takes it and storms out. Yeah, that was the problem. Mm -hmm. Um. So then it cuts to their fireside chat, which I think is a pretty sweet chat. Yeah, nice. Yeah, just about the like, if you feel the need to be one of the guys, like that's fine. Yeah, he's like, if I want to play poker with the boys, you go play. If I want to play football, you run real hard. He's like, and if I want to take the ring off, she's like, like no. no, you don't take the ring off. You either wear it or you don't, um, which I think is is good. And that's the good. reason that's isn't because like the ring is symbolic or the ring is just like it's because I have feelings and that hurts them. Mm -hmm. You chose this, yeah. Like but you chose it, so choose it. Well, yeah, and like kind of like being ashamed of the ring is being ashamed of me. Like it hurts mm -hmm. my feelings. Yeah. Um. If you don't, and I like that. I like that. If, like, the whole point of this was, like, hey, I don't have a problem with this place, but it hurts my feelings when you go, man, 10 out of 10. That's a, that's great. Mm -hmm. um, that is not exactly what we get. No, it's not. And then Gamblin' Dan and Louie come, like, poker yeah. game, my place. Like, yeah, you're invited you. this time. <laughs> Louie's like, two poker games on the same day I get my allowance from my mom. What are the odds? <laughs> yeah, what are the odds? <laughs> Funny how that works. Poor Louie. <laughs> and then Sean comes up and they're like, still hanging out with those guys? Because Corey has been not subtle at all, that he does not like this Dan guy. Mm -hmm. He's a jerk. He's mean. I forget, is Corey like not going to go, do you think? He says, no. save me a seat, but if I don't come, it's because I'm doing something more fun with someone else. Like I'm doing Topanga. <laughs> no. And she's like, walks away. <laughs> yes. And Sean's like, good for you. And he's like, you can hang out with us. He's like, I know. This is what guys do. He sees Angela there and he walks past her and she watches him go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the biggest bummer in this episode to me is Sean. Mm -hmm. um, just because like, I thought you, like, we have this whole episode in season two about like you don't even realize like that you're the cool guy or what people think like you're just effortlessly cool and everyone mm -hmm. likes you and this whole like this is the kind of people that single guys hang out with it's kind of a bummer yeah it's not it doesn't play into that but i guess people change yeah people change and people are allowed to change he was at a much stabler point in that point in his life mm -hmm. that was before his mom left yeah he hadn't been abandoned Dealt no, with all yeah. of his insecurities. Right. Not dealt with, but realized all of his insecurities. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not holding that against it. I'm just saying it's a bummer. Yeah, it is a bummer. No tag is good. No tag. It ends with Corey and Topanga by the fire. I guess Angela being really judgy about people who do not even sex work mm -hmm. is also a bummer. Sean and Angela are the bummer, which feels kind of odd. Yeah. Usually they're the upper. They're, they're, the, they're the upper. But they are definitely the bummer in this episode for me. Sad. That's it. That's it. That's how it goes. You want us to talk about the credits or something? Come on. Maybe maybe it'll turn out this time. So ratings. Rating. I'm giving it a five. Ooh. Even okay. after all of that. You talked me up from a four. Oh. Congratulations. Um, it's weird to be the positive one. It happened it's happened a few times, but it's fairly rare. 
Um, I think I like the nuance of this episode. I like that there's not an easy solution. Um, I like that it doesn't really cast disparity on the girls at the Hooters, um, but more like the perceptions of them. Um, I definitely am taking off a point for the bathroom scene, which I think is bad. Um, and it's not like the funniest episode or the greatest episode. And Sean being a bummer is a real bummer to me because he's my favorite character. So all in all, I'll probably give it like a 7.5. 7.5. Puts it at a 6.25. Probably not hitting the tournament. But I I legitimately enjoyed it. It got me thinking. And I'm happy for you. And go uh, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say. And it is odd that Eric Ooh. and Jack's storyline is so much deeper than Corey's. Yeah, usually it's like, okay, let's be done with this. Yes. Stop hitting on Rachel and competing <laughs> over Rachel and talking like she's not there. And uh, let's get back to the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have minded us doing this episode entirely from Jack and Eric's, but like have it like multiple things where they want to objectify women, but Rachel is there, so it reminds them that women are girls and like. And people. And then they have that conversation at the end. Yeah, women are people. Not women are girls, chance. Women are people. Um, Yeah. Who is your MVP, do you think? It's annoying to say, but it's got to be Corey. Oh, I was going to say Louie. Louis close, but I think it's got to be Larry. What is this season? I... One, two, three, four. This is the fifth Corey MVP. I know. I I'm know. willing to concede it. I'm willing to concede it. I just when you when I think about Corey, he learns something about himself in this episode. He makes the right choice at the end. He seems like not neurotic. Like he is pretty. Like he obviously cares what his peers think about him, but also. Like he's not willing. He's like willing to call them out on their crap. Mm-hmm. Like I just liked him. Yeah, Corey's batting average right now, so far in the season, is a point six seven five. I... Out of eight episodes, he has been the MVP five times. <sighs> which is funny. What's funny to me, I'm not. I'm not trying to start something, but of people saying we're too harsh on Corey. It's true. And for this to be. <laughs> where we are right now it's true i I don't think anyone can give us a hard time about Corey at all but if i really think about it i would give it to the waitress that sits on Corey, louie or Corey. because unfortunately topanga is too inconsistent i've already said sean and angela are bummers jack eric and rachel are just not in it enough like it's got to be Corey. Mm -hmm. it has to be Corey. one one. waitress who sits on Corey's lap and louie Mm-hmm. Tied for second place. Yes. Uh, Sorry, Dan. Gambling Dan. You're down there with Corey and, or with Sean and Topanga, or Sean and Angela. And oh, yeah. He's not even like on the. He's not even on the list. The short he's, list. He's, he's not, not even, even on the long list. No. Gambling no. Dan. This is the only time we see Gambling Dan, and I'm okay with that. Yes. He's fine. He serves his purpose, but he's mm-hmm. just there to be like. He's not interesting or good, and reminds me of someone I knew in college. Yeah. So boy meets. Clavage. The boy means clavage. It's what it is. Clavage. Love it. Um, Well, here we are at the end of another episode, which just makes me want to say, no, sleep till Bobka. I know. Sleep Sleep till Bobka. You have one too? No, I didn't. I'm so excited you do. Oh, good. So this is going back to my Texas trip because... If you live in the DFW area, 
that's Dallas-Fort Worth for the uninitiated, you need to go to this restaurant. There's a few of them in the area called Spring Creek Barbecue. The barbecue is good. It's very good. I've grown up going there. It's delicious. But the best part is the unlimited yeast rolls. And we're not talking like, I mean, Texas Roadhouse rolls are great. Don't get me wrong. But like tonight, I had dinner with my parents and we went to Golden Chick. Mm-hmm. And they have yeast rolls that are good. But, you know, they're sweet, right? Mm-hmm. They're kind of dense a little bit. Um, but these, I mean, the rolls, I mean, this is hard for the audience to see. But they're they're substantial. And they're they are rolls. so, they're big rolls. They are so light and airy. And there's a, a person whose job it is. They're like the bread girl. Like I have a friend that we knew in Boston that she lived in tech, like in the DFW area. And she was the bread girl at a Spring Creek barbecue where they go around with a basket of like fresh, literally right out of the oven, too hot to hold rolls. And we'll just do laps around the restaurant. So one of those things where you could be like, hit me and they'll throw it. No, it's not one of those places. They hand it to me. It's not Langston's, which is the throwing rolls place. Oh, okay. Um, But they're so good and just light. They're not sweet, um, but they're just like pillowy and amazing. And you owe it to yourself, dear listener, if you're ever in the area, to go eat there. I think there's a few. Let me just look them up. Spring Creek Barbecue. I've never been. Spring Creek Barbecue. I'm going to see where they are. Looks like they're in a few different places in Texas. Uh, Maybe. Where are you? I don't like this. It's not telling me. Uh, Find us. I'm looking at their website. It's making me hungry. There's one in Arlington, Atascacita, Bedford, Burnham Woods, Cypress, DeSoto, Cinco, Burleson, Frisco, Garland, Granbury, Grand Prairie, Klein, Keller, Katy, Irving, Lake Worth, League City, Louisville, Mansfield, Richardson. That's the original one. Um, Tyler, Shenandoah, Rogers Road, Richmond, all sorts of Texas places. So if you live in Texas, you have no excuse and you can go eat at this place. Yeah, go. I want to go back right now. Um, the barbecue smoked chicken is very good. Um, I was considering doing a no sleep till babka. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeasty board, as we call it. Yes, yeasty board. I'm so sorry. I'm looking up the the thing mm-hmm. quickly. Um, but the thing I was going to talk about was Great British Bake Off. Um, are you caught up? No. On the current season. Okay. Well, I Not even a little bit. I like haven't watched in a while, but this weekend I started watching season 10 on Netflix. So yeah, the most recent season. That's on Netflix? Yes. I've watched Cake, which was the first week, mm-hmm. and most of Biscuits. Okay. So yeah. Which as we Americans call them cookies. Yeah. Or ginger snap. Biscuits are a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we can't talk about it. Because I actually want to talk about the last two episodes. Oh, okay. I'll get there. Okay. So maybe maybe Yeasty Boys Part 2 next week. I don't know if I'll watch all the episodes by then. There's only four? You've watched there's, most of two? There's 13 contestants. There's 10 episodes. But it's coming out weekly. I'm, I'm not watching that one. That's I'm watching just season 10, which is already all out. No, season collection 10 on Netflix is the most current one. Oh, so they're just releasing them. Do they do Mexican Week? Yes. So it's on there? That's the fourth episode. Okay. Where the woman's peeling the avocado with a peeler. I will, I don't remember that, but maybe. I posted a picture of it. 
Okay. I thought yeah. it was very funny. Because I want to talk about Bread Week and Mexican Week. Okay. I'll get caught up. Okay. Yeah. I'll do this for you. They're, re- they're releasing them weekly. So if you've watched two and a half or one and a half, you've okay, maybe, I'll, maybe yeah. I'll finish cookies. Maybe I'll finish biscuits before I go to sleep tonight. Yeah. Because, okay. yeah, they're coming out weekly. It's actually. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get caught up. I can do it. All right. So, yeah, part two next week. Okay. But that's so it. Until for then. Me. Until next time. No. No. Sleep. Sleep. Till Bobka. No. Sleep. Sleep. Till Bobka. Um, yeah. So there was that. Today, I'm just going to do a very tiny. I mean, I'm just padding for time here. Just doing the, I didn't do a very tiny limit break. I started playing Final Fantasy Tactics on my phone. <sighs> one of my great loves. Um, Not on the phone, but one of my great loves. I mean, I only played the little intro and the first little mission. Um, so hardly anything oh, at all. May I just say the death sound in that game <laughs> is so good. <laughs> uh, <sighs> Give me my HD 2D remake. I need it. I'm very excited for the Tactics Ogre one. I am too. But, but it's not the same. Final Fantasy Tactics. It just it needs to happen. With a camera that's pulled a little further back, because sometimes the angles when you're in a tight space are kind of hard to see. Yeah. Okay. On a touch screen, on a touch screen it's very hard. Um, yeah. So, but yeah. this is my thing. Like uh-huh. everyone's like, oh, there's all these games. None of them do the job system with the JP correct. Like even Tactics of Advanced and Tactics Advanced 2. There's too much stuff muddying up my job system and the equipment skills and everything. I don't want it. Have you ever played Bravely Default 2? Uh, I haven't, but it's not. I'll lend it to you. It's it's good. I think it has, I feel like it has a good job system. I mean, maybe it does, but it doesn't have like the strategy combat. No, like, it doesn't. Like Final Fantasy Tactics is a triple threat to me. It's like one of the best strategy RPGs on top of one of the best job systems on top of like this incredible story about like war and class and relevance. Mm-hmm. The unsung hero. Yeah. I mean, it's just the three and then all the secrets in it and stuff. Ah, the whole thing is just, ah. you can be cloud. Yeah, but you don't want to be, you can be Beowulf. You do want to be, you can be Reese. Yeah. There's a few Reese is the dragon girl. Oh yes. There's just a few of those mystery characters. Yeah. I, Love that game. Yeah. So the that's it for the limit break. There'll be more to hear about soon. Yeah. It's a good one. I just don't want to buy it. Yeah, I bought it a long time ago. I have it for iOS. That's what I'm playing it on. But you don't have a device to do. No, I gave up on iOS. Put it in the trash where it belongs. I'm a slave to it. It's fine. Once you are, you kind of have to be. Yep. All my stuff is there. Mm-hmm. Um, such a great game. One of my Anyways, great games. On that cheery note... Um, hit us up at BG World Fever on Twitter. If you can remember the joke that I forgot, tell us. Let us Any know. Any thoughts on Final Fantasy Tactics? Yeah. Go for Any it. Any of your thoughts on Hooters or Twin Peaks? If you've ever been to Spring Creek Barbecue and had the rolls, tell um, us how great they are. Um, if you've if you listened have, this far in the episode, um, ha- type hashtag Agubwa, just so we know. Agubwa. Yeah, exactly. It's a Boy Meets World reference. There was a something at the very beginning of the episode that we asked our listeners to weigh in on, and I can't remember what it was. It's not important. It's not important. It's not important. That was past Cameron and Chance's problem. Yeah. That was pre-9 p.m. 
Chance and Cameron. Now we're post 10 p.m. Chance and Cameron. And who who On cares? a Monday. It on a Monday. Five ounces of screwball since then. Yeah. Surprise, you're still upright. No, I'm not really. I'm not surprised. It's five ounces. I'm fine. It's not that much. Um, but anyway, that's all I've got. Finishing off my screwball. Uh, that's that all was I've all he had. Uh, so from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever, so long, world. So long, world. <laughs>